debate. It's a lost art form, especially in regards to soccer during the internet age. This is why the First Eleven exists. The First Eleven pits pseudo-soccer journalists against each other in a battle for the ages. Here, the week's arbitrarily named Top Eleven American Soccer Issues are laid out. Our panelists pick a side and debate ensues. There are no winners. There are no losers. There are no points awarded. There is just reverently irreverent discourse over primarily ridiculous topics that deserve our discussion, or at least rambling opinions of the otherwise ignored. So prepare to be simultaneously amused and agreed. This is the first eleven. And the link is out, which means we are official. And this is the first eleven podcast for the first time in the better part of six months, I'm going to say. Evan's been out writing books. I've been out starting soccer teams. And <laughs> basically, right, right, yeah. basically, I got nothing else to introduce us with. Uh, how's, how's life as a, uh, as a locally renowned author, Evan Ream? Well, you know, I'm not because I haven't finished the book yet, but um, we're working on it. It's, uh, you know, I know a lot of things. Yeah, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Twice of Cosmos said that you were uh, always in the know on West Coast soccer. They said on West Coast soccer, which confused me because I just have no idea what that means. I, I guess that's true. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I actually, you know, literally even as soon as or as recent as like an hour ago, people were accusing me of being an MLS bot. But like I literally only cover the NASL and the USL. So I don't really know what to say about that. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. You can't really win. No matter yeah. what you do, either you know you're either an MLS bot or you're a pro rel zealot, and there's not really a whole lot of <laughs> in between that you can ever hit. No matter what, you never make everyone happy. I mean, I I was on Twitter probably a month or two back. I don't even remember what I was saying. The basic sum was, I was making a comment about MLS. I had one person tell me I was an MLS bot, and I had another person telling me that I'm way too critical of a league. I mean, it's, it's like, there's you realize that's no one, right? The only way to win is to quit Twitter. <laughs> and that's, I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be so glad when the day I finally can quit, can quit Twitter. You'll as, never quit Twitter if you want to make it in soccer journalism. As the, big, as the biggest journalist who currently lives in Davis, California, my, um, my friend Mike, I'm not, no, I'm not saying it's me. I'm saying my, my, friend, my friend Mike Silver, who's on NFL Network, um, he has like 100,000 Twitter followers or so. He used to work for Sports Illustrated and go on bins with, uh, binges with Dennis Rodman. He's, he always says uh, you know, Twitter, Twitter isn't even real, so. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. All right. So I guess I guess at this point we'll uh, keep 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 on uh, the discussion on what are we talking today? We're talking MPSL, NASL, MLS, and no USL today. No USL. We are, which is weird because that's sort of your your main frame of reference for everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people want to talk about some Sac Republic stuff, but you don't really know anything about that. So no. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll we'll hit them. I mean, Sac Republic's MLS anyway. So uh, with with that, we're going to start off with our good friends in the National Premier Soccer League just recently had their uh, GM meeting, I guess is what you'd call it. And they are bringing in several new teams this year. And if I was good at podcasting, I would have had said teams pulled up ahead of time. But I'm bad (laughs) at podcasting, so I'm going to pull them up right now. So you have uh, Tobacco Road FC out of North Carolina. Wait, what? Tobacco Road FC out of North Carolina. You've That's got awesome. my favorite name, SC Corinthians USA, because Wait. USA worked so well. Uh, Fort Lauderdale I, Strikers U23. I'm sort of reading this as it flashes on their website. Uh, you've got Memphis, Memphis City, Memphis City FC, Southern California Sports Club, Birmingham Hammers, 
Ann Arbor, I believe they're AFC Ann Arbor. I can't see their thing right now. Uh, who else do you got? You got Grand Rapids, whole, whole slew of teams. But I think the, the team that everyone's dying to talk about are the, and this is not a typo or spelling mistake, the Rochester River Dogs with a capital Z at the end. So, Wait, but go ahead. But, but, but that's not me. Okay, but I, I, and that's what we talked about before we got on. We were going to talk about the River Dogs, right? Which you know, doesn't make any sense in any world. But but Tobacco Road FC is Tobacco is, Road FC. Oh, Boston City Football Club. I forgot about them. But but okay. But but Tobacco. What is the Tobacco Road? Is that like the Silk Road? Like, do, do you really not know what the Tobacco Road is? I don't. I'm not from the East Coast. Oh, that's right. All right. So the Tobacco Road is pretty much. Uh, all of Raleigh-Durham. The Tobacco Road rivalry is uh, Wake Forest, UNC, UNC, and Duke in North Carolina State. Okay. I, all right. I, I guess it makes sense. Just coming from a West Coast perspective, it's just a pretty big, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I, yeah. I've got nothing. No excuses. I don't, I don't even really know how to start a discussion on this because some of the, let's start, all right, let's start off with the team names. Let's just start okay. from there. All right. Uh, Tobacco Road FC or SC, I apologize. I don't know which one they are. And <laughs> end of the day, does it really matter? It's terrible. Um, that, that, <laughs> I love that name. Way, I want to start. In, in all fairness, they were supposed to travel down for the U.S. Open Cup to play, uh, I believe it's FC Montagua of New Orleans, and they decided that they didn't have enough money to do that, so they forfeited uh, the playing round of the U.S. Open Cup. Now they're in NPSL. I I guess they have the money to pay the, I believe it's 50000 last I knew, plus whatever the forfeiture bond is. So they're willing to drop out of U.S. Open Cup, which at the end of the day, only people like you and me actually care about. Yeah. But I don't, I don't get why you drop out of that and join NPSL, because I'm not sure that they're going to get any more credibility as a team in NPSL than they would if they stayed in whatever regional league they played, and I believe it's in Charlotte. Um, I, I don't get why you join NPSL at this point, to be frank with you. We're, we'll get into that when we get a couple topics down. But, okay, but, I mean, I, the idea is, you know, more credibility or whatever. It's like, you know, and we'll talk about SF City FC later. You know, they're joining a league because it's credible and because it's – there there are fewer – okay, so, like, the league that SF City FC plays in right now, like, uh, there's a team from Davis that plays in that league, and literally it's, like, impossible to like you don't get the schedule until a couple weeks beforehand so you can't really promote anything it's really not very well run there's literally a team in that same league that davis beat 17 to 0 the other day so how does how do you even score 17 goals in, in a regional look i mean like from what i'm understanding it's like you and i could have gone out there and and, and played them two on 11 and probably only lost 15 0 i mean it's just it's it, it's <laughs> like that that's why you join NPSL because because of the of of the built-in in, the built-in infrastructure the uh you know whatever you know credibility in the same way that our podcast has credibility you know where like 10 people care about it right it's like it, it it's it's it makes it easier on scheduling and it, it, it that's why you join it you really for the stability is is i guess what i should say but i i don't really know that there's more stability in NPSL than there is anywhere else. I mean, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but teams fold left and right in NPSL because yeah. they join NPSL thinking there's that built-in infrastructure and suddenly they've spent, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 just to travel back and forth. I, I always go back to my, the closest team to me right now is New Orleans. 
New Orleans' closest road trip is five hours away. Jeez. New Orleans' road trip is, I believe the last I checked, double the length of any other team in their region. They spend more on travel than other teams play in, you know, room and board for their players. They've got that built-in infrastructure, but if they were to stay more local, maybe play with one of these more small regional leagues, and there are some very organized regional leagues. I, I don't know what leagues, uh, and I said Sacramento FC, uh, San Francisco played in. But if we get down, and we're going to talk about this in a second, if you get down to some of the more organized regional leagues, yeah. it, there is a built-in structure. There is a built-in stability that you don't have an NPSL. I mean, I obviously was part of that Pensacola story where they dropped midway through the season because they didn't feel they could afford it, but they're not alone in that. A lot of teams just can't afford that travel and joining an NPSL just to join NPSL seems stupid. Well, then maybe what they see is they see Chattanooga hosting, you know, grab, grabbing like 20,000 fans for, uh, you know, the final and, and say, and they say, Hey, maybe that could be us. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but you know, I mean, these, these teams, aren't necessary. We don't know if they're well run or not. Right. I mean, well, clearly some teams aren't well run if they're going to put a capital Z at the end of their name. I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> like, It doesn't even take like a marketing budget to not do that. It takes like you looking at the names of 10 other soccer teams in the country and then saying, Oh, Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea to put a capital Z at the end of it. But then again, maybe it is a good idea because we're talking about it. So, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. And I think you brought up the, this point about Chattanooga. And I do think that your Chattanooga's, your Detroit's, your um, Tulsa's, they, they give a, a skewed perception to people who are investing that money. Yeah. They, every, every person says, I'm going to start my soccer team and, you know, forget about 18,000. I'm going to get a thousand people easy again. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's realistic, especially when you look at the marketing skills of some of these teams, but going back to your river dogs, I, I don't understand that move at all. Forget about the Z at the end of the name. Nothing about that team makes any sort of logical sense to me. There's already a team in Rochester, which does, you know, decently well. And you're just going to not only throw a team, but you're going to throw a team with a hot mess of a badge out there and then a giant Z at the end. Um, I know uh, Doherty said that there's some sort of illogical reason behind the Z. I would love to know what it is. So if you're out there, River Dogs supporters or ownership or whatever we would love to have you come on the first 11 podcast and explain to us what the hell the z is all about Brent, no we don't even need to necessarily do that Brent, brendan doherty we if you're listening right now which maybe you are i mean maybe you're one of our one listeners uh just just send us a tweet we'll read it on the air just just send, send us a tweet tell us what's going on even if it doesn't even have to be just one tweet it's send us 10 tweets make it happen yeah. i mean so we, we are i mean we already started to talk about this a little bit before but uh you know those regional soccer leagues uh yeah i i think you want to talk about this more but they it seems like these regional soccer leagues and you have listed an example of great lakes premier league the louisiana premier league evergreen premier league i don't even know where evergreen premier league is, is that washington state um, washington state oh nice good for me that was a guess <laughs> um, and you know there's there's one locally with uh the norcal premier soccer league that that is you know has its issues, but it's still soccer and it's still happening. Um, uh, I guess, man, we're so bad at this. <laughs> what, what, what did you want to? What do you want to say yeah, about so, this, Avery? I, I, I'm looking at these. Uh, I, I, I thought you were doing fine. Um, <laughs> but we we're getting into this point now where we have these these regional and I, I for lack of a better word, they are they're the regional Premier Leagues, and 
we're getting at this level with them where they're establishing themselves enough where they are proving grounds. They're proving grounds for, for teams to, and this is the opposite of what I was just saying, these teams <laughs> to, to promote themselves into MPSL. If you look yeah. at the Great Lakes Premier League, you had, I believe it is, Grand Rapids and Ann Arbor are both move, moving up, promoting themselves into NPSL this year. Or on the same hand, you have the Madison 56ers who didn't do well in NPSL, didn't draw a whole lot, and they're whatever the promotion version of relegation is. They're for relegating, they're relegating. <laughs> for for relegating. <laughs> They're, they're, they're dropping down back to the, uh, I believe right, it's right. the Great Lakes Premier League. They're, they're, uh, pulling, they're pulling a Dayton Dutch Lions. Yeah, and you've got uh, Louisiana Premier League. They, those teams do, they do well. They, they travel throughout the state of Louisiana. They're looking to expand into Alabama, Mississippi, and the Gulf Coast of Florida okay. to sort of try to establish their brand more. And if you look at a team like the Jesters, who I was talking about, the Jesters mm-hmm. are spending a crap ton of money traveling. Crap ton. So – it's not really that big of a drop-off for them if they were to suddenly say, okay, we're going to play in the Louisiana Premier League. Same thing with the Evergreen Premier League up in, uh, I believe it's only in Washington. I apologize if they're in Oregon too, but I think it's just Washington. They, they have large supporter bases. They have well-run teams. They're very organized. And just looking at them and looking at teams, even like the Birmingham Hammers, who weren't in a regional league, but they were in a – they ran independently and they played some of the regional league teams as well as some NPSL teams or going back to San Francisco who played in the uh, regional league. It's sort of like the way I see it now, this is almost the way to test the market, to test out your team, to see if people are willing to show out to support and to see if you can run a professional soccer team or a semi-professional or, you know, a completely amateur team. And I kind of feel like this is, this is and should be that that new sort of proving ground. Maybe we should have promotion and relegation in America, but you know, base it totally on your bottom line and how professionally you can run your amateur game. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's definitely worked for some clubs, and you know, maybe it is a better idea than spending the whatever, however much it costs to join PDL or NPSL right away, and you know, seeing hey, look, is there local support? Are people going to come watch us before, um, you know, and is there talent? in the area that we can draw from before actually putting, you know, I'm not, not going to say big bucks, but putting together some amount of money to join a, you know, allegedly more prestigious league. Right. So I, yeah, I agree in the, in the fact that it's, that this seems to be the way teams are, are going uh, nowadays. It's not, this isn't 2005 when you can just be like the 12th choice for MLS expansion and say, Hey, uh, we're a Salt Lake city. We got a team. And, and then just uh, sort of make it happen. So Well, I think yeah. it's, it's a more authentic way to grow. I mean, we're probably at the point now, you know, obviously everyone is always going to talk about promotion and relegation. And I think this is the closest we're ever going to get to that, which is you, you try your luck in NPSL. Oh, forget about NPSL. You try your luck in whatever local Premier League is. You do yeah. well enough. You make enough money. You say, okay, well, I'm going to do like uh, San Francisco and I'm going to play in PDL or I'm going to be like, Birmingham and play an NPSL or I'm going to be like someone else who's who's promoting themselves and you slowly move up the ladder that way as compared to like you said just drop that big money and then say well that was a big mistake I wish I hadn't done that I wish I had <laughs> done a little bit more thinking and planning um yeah and and speaking of speaking of thinking and planning segue like a boss um <laughs> up in Detroit they are 
in the process of, and I, I apologize, and I guarantee I'm going to say this wrong because there's way too many syllables together. I'm going to say Hamtramck. I want to say Hamtramck, but there's an extra M there, so I know that's wrong. Hamtramck. Uh, either, either way, the stadium is called Keyword. It's okay. Keyword Stadium. And uh, Detroit City FC is in the process of, I guess, I want to say renovating the stadium. I think they've leased it out from the city of Hamtramck. <laughs> but uh, research like a boss. Um, yeah. Either way, they, they're in the process. They need to raise uh, $750,000. It's one of these sort of weird crowdfunding. It's a, it's a step above maybe a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. But they're a lot. They're taking money from people. You have to be a Michigan resident in order to donate money to this cause. They need to sort of completely renovate the stadium, completely rebuild the infrastructure of it. Uh, so far, and the article I'm looking at is from December 1st. It's on DetroitNews.com. It said as of December 1st, they had raised approximately $250,000. They need to get up to $400,000 before they can actually get that money i'm sure that they're going to minimally reach that much but they're trying to raise 752 renovate keyword stadium which is in when i say it's in detroit i mean the city of that h word is <laughs> surrounded by the city of detroit and they're trying to build it and it really is I, you know what I, i'm not really sure what it is i think it's definitely a thing I don't know if it's bigger or smaller than some of the Detroit fans are, are trying to make it out to be, but I think it's a good idea. It's that whole community ownership aspect, even though it's not really a supporter owned per se club. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, if you just look at the fans there, I mean, I'm sure they're going to get it right. Like, I don't know what the, if we're going to like, if I start trying to talk about like, you know, the actual issues with this thing, I'm sure I'm going to get a hundred things wrong. The, the thing that that's cool about this is that it is a local grassroots, it seems like movement that is going to contribute to, to making a stadium, uh, to renovating a stadium as they have, uh, I think, grown out their old stadium. And I think what you're seeing in Detroit is, is something that's really, you know, I mean, Detroit is probably, you know, it's either them or, or Chattanooga, who's probably the premier uh, fourth division side in the in the country in terms of support. I mean, actually, I, you know, they're, they're usually pretty bad, right, on the field. But um, aren't they? They're, they're like, okay. They're, they're um, never good enough to beat, uh, and uh, we're going to get killed by any Northern Guard supporters. But Lansing, they always get killed by uh, – not Lansing. The Michigan Bucks. They, they always Bucks. get killed by the Bucks, but they do, they do well enough. Okay, well, and, 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 but th this is just another example of seeing the game, the, <laughs> the game growing in, in the United States. It's great to see that people are taking invested interest in their community. That being said, and I don't know why this is the case, it kind of sucks that only Michigan residents could donate because I know for me, I would, I would put up $20 or whatever for that. And, and if, if I could, I can't, but because I think it's a good cause, I, I just... I don't know. I, I hope they get. I hope they get the money, and I, I look forward to to continuing to see the the good levels of support that we get from Detroit, which is a city that we like to not say very nice things about. And I, when I say we, I mean you know basically everyone in the in, in the United States. So, um, but I, I want to go. I want to go to a game. Yeah, I do. That, that, that's that's one of those things that I would love to go see. It's one of the uh, the the premier American soccer 
atmospheres that I'd like to take in firsthand. Yeah. And I, I do wonder, obviously, I think part of this is they, you know, we, you mentioned it, they outgrew Cast Tech. Yeah. So now, now they're at the point where they need something bigger. And are they needing something bigger just because they want to be able to have those supporters in there and they want to be able to, you know, make a, a few more shekels on it? Or is this more about they want to have that room to where if they decide to promote themselves to NASL, they have the stadium capacity to do it with? And, and I'm not sure, but, you know, it, and maybe it doesn't even really matter, but they – you know, the thing is, is that if this happens, it's a soccer team who's le- like legitimately making a difference in, in the community in terms of rebuilding infrastructure in a city that's, you know, one of the most plagued by poverty in this country, you know, at least uh, from from what I understand. I've only been, I've only passed through Detroit, but, you know, it used to be a great American city. Maybe it still is. I don't, I don't know. But it, it either way, only good things are going to happen you know, not even just talking about soccer, if, if, if they do in fact get the money for this, this project. So hopefully people out there in, in the Detroit area, the Michigan um, state are supporting this. Now here's something that we don't know if people are going to support. <laughs> so there is a, a second uh, or an NASL team in Oklahoma city. Uh, they just announced it maybe a month ago or so. It, originally it was going to be last year or maybe the year before that they were going to come in as sort of competing with the Oklahoma city energy. Um, right. Then for, they made a deal with the stadium. And then the, from my understanding, the knowledge or the person who made the deal with the stadium jumped shit to the Oklahoma city energy. Right. And so the USL sort of just beat out the NASL The stadium was, or the, the franchise was sort of put on a hiatus. And then in order to the revive the deal, they got in Rayo Valak, I don't know how to say the team's Bye name, but it's Viacano. It's a Spanish team that no one gives a shit about, right? Uh, to invest in, you know, in, in in the Chivas USA sort of model, which we all know, you know, just doesn't work. Um, and not only that, but um, this new OKC t- OKC team, Rayo OKC, is not even going to be playing in Oklahoma City. They're going to be playing in a high school football stadium, uh, 20, 20 miles outside of the city while directly competing with a well-supported USL team. And only to add on to that, um, the, the fans of the parent club are already protested the, the, this team happening by waving OKC energy flags at a recent game, which means that they spent money on a third division. The fans in a, in a La Liga of a La Liga team spent money on a third division American soccer team that – was directly competing with their, I don't even know how to say whatever the, the reciprocal of the parent club is, in Oklahoma City to, or in, in sorry, Madrid, to protest that. So I, I guess, um, <laughs> I don't know, number four on the first 11 is, why is this happening? <laughs> is it a good idea? I mean, it's not, but go ahead and continue. Yeah, I, I don't even understand why it's happening. I mean, it, it's, it's consistently not worked you know, I say consistently, we really only have two examples that I can think of off the top of my head with uh, NYC, FC, and uh, Chivas USA. It didn't, didn't or hasn't worked. I mean, all right, let's be, let's be fair. Let me, let me be fair for a second. NYC, FC, at the end of the day, draws a decent crowd. And on paper, they put a decent team out there. Um, <laughs> it's on paper. 
Uh, yeah. Chivas USA was just a pretty much a big joke after maybe their second year. I'm not sure why, you know, for us, let's be honest again, OKC is not exactly a sexy city. That's not yeah. a place where you're going to, you know, build your brand or raise your, your awareness. And I guess maybe someone out there is going to say, hey, I want to know more about this Rio Vallecano, but vast majority of people aren't. And the fact that your supporters are showing up, and I tweeted out the picture on the First Eleven uh, Twitter account, the fact that those supporters are showing up to Raya Vallecano games with OKC energy flags sort of shows me that they're not okay with this. You know, you should be spending your money on your own team and making sure your own team is going to stay in La Liga before you invest in second division, or excuse me, you know, second, yeah, second division American soccer. Because, you know, I, I don't even have a because, you just shouldn't. It's not, <laughs> not, not, I don't know. What, what's the, what's, okay, if you're a fan, what's the rationale of choosing to go to Real OKC over Oklahoma City Energy? Because as far as I understand, the OKC Energy, their stadium is at least somewhat centrally located. So that's a plus, right? Here's the other plus about, uh, about Oklahoma City Energy over Real OKC. Oklahoma City Energy, I'm pretty sure you can drink beers at the games. Rayo OKC, they're playing at a high school. Pretty sure you can't drink beers at the games. I mean, just as simple as that from a soccer supporter, that's worth, like, what, 2,000 fans? I mean, it's it, – I just – I'm going to be very interested to see what the discrepancy in the two crowds are going to be in, in – well, I, I think OKC Energy averaged something like 6,000 fans a year in the, in the, in the USL last year. Are, can Rail OKC even draw two thousand? Is that going to happen? I mean, I mean, how how big is OKC, or is OKC big enough for this? I mean, we look at Cincinnati; they shut down their fourth division team when the uh, third division team was announced. So, you know, uh, Cincinnati, in my mind, is much bigger than Oklahoma City. Well, I mean, they do have the advantage of playing during the summer, which the, the only other. Um, major sport in Oklahoma City is basketball. Obviously, there's college football as well. Um, but again, that's not during the summer. So, I mean, but, but why do you go? Why would you, what, what's the rationale of choosing? I mean, the only thing that I can see, the reason why you would want to go to an NASL team, a game over a USL game in Oklahoma City is like if you want to not see Seattle Sounders 2 play and you'd rather see like the New York Cosmos. Like, that makes sense, right? You're probably going to see some bigger stars, you know, like. Uh, some of the Miami guys who are coming, some of the um, the guys from the Cosmos, right? You're probably uh, the new super club in, in the NASL, uh, Minnesota United, who signed everyone. Um, so that that's the only upside, I think, because from an atmosphere experience, the OKC Energy is going to be better. From a, you know, being able to drink beer experience, OKC Energy is going to be better. And from, uh, you know, an already well put together franchise that has proven to be stable and I believe made the Western Conference finals in the last you know so far from a competitive from a competitive aspect it looks like OKC Energy is better too so I mean it's not like the level of play is that much different than the USL and NASL you know I talk to guys about that all the time Danny Barrera went on record you know last season saying you know it's basically the same so what what's what's why what, what what's the plan I don't see I don't see a well thought out plan and I feel like for all the people who want to support the NASL which is fine which is great I just don't see how you can look past teams like this and 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 still say that <laughs> that the NASL is the you know a major league it's, it's not <laughs> in a major league you don't play in a high school stadium 20 minutes outside of the city 
it's it's stupid. It's I don't understand. Do you understand? Not even a little bit, especially when as I, I pulled up the La Liga table just out of curiosity. They are well yeah. within the drop zone. Well, they, they, they will be in the segunda. Yeah, not only that, but their stadium. They someone tweeted out pictures. Their stadium's a piece of crap and it needs renovation, right? Like, why aren't they spend why are why are they spending money on this and not spending money on their own? It just doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense, right? Like, I if it was like Real Madrid B, like yeah, that makes sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. but this this doesn't make sense, right? No, well, it's it's whole, and we you know we're just move into number five because it kind of slides right along with everything else is. Uh, <laughs> NISL expansion as a whole is just kind of meh. Like it, it's it's one of those seemingly with with maybe one exception. It sort of seems like it's expansion for expansion's sake. Yeah. I mean, it kind of does look like a a flaming train wreck of expansion. And I, I you know, I, I like to I like to support NASL as much as I can. But let's just just taking a look. I'm looking at their the top of their webpage right now. Miami FC is going to come in. I think they'll do decently. But you know, just, I, I at least put together a good team. But San Francisco. Really, well, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just really quick, can I? Can we? Can we talk about the fact that their expansion team, Miami FC, plays thirty minutes from another NASL team who used to be named Miami FC? What the hell? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Anyway, sorry. No, um, and that's yeah. I mean, that's another. <laughs> I mean, what are we going to have? Four teams in Florida now. You got Tampa. Yeah. You got Miami. You've got Jacksonville. You've got uh, Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale and Miami, as you said, are so close together, they might as well be, you know, twin city teams. Uh, Minnesota's yeah. leaving. San Francisco's yeah. coming in. OC is far. Orange County's probably coming in. Puerto Rico's coming in. That's going to cause a whole slew of messes as far as travel. Okay. Like, logistically, that's just going to be a disaster. That Edmonton to Puerto Rico road oh, trip. Lord. Well, forget about Edmonton to Puerto Rico is, are, is probably going to be easier than Edmonton to Miami. Yeah, I'm. If, I don't know. I, I and then we were talking about the new. I reported this last week that San Francisco, San Francisco is in. That's that's for sure. Um, and we're hearing yeah, likely Orange County. But here's the thing about San Francisco is is when someone found. I, I believe I first saw it from like at Church of Soccer. They don't. They they, they say San Francisco. But if you type in OaklandProSoccer.com, it goes to the website that the San Francisco people set up, BayAreaProSoccer.com. If you type in BerkeleyProSoccer.com, it goes to the Bay Area Pro Soccer. If you type in San Mateo, I, and I bet you don't even know where San Mateo is, Abram. I San have Mateo no Pro, idea. Yeah, San Mateo Pro Soccer. Look, I mean, they're going to be somewhere in the Bay Area. They want to be in San Francisco. I'm told that Ricardo Stanford, Jerome Well, or I don't know how to say his last name, the guy who... Uh, is sort of heading the expansion bid or at least the figurehead legitimately believes he can build a downtown stadium in San Francisco. Now, I don't know, Abram, if you've ever been to San Francisco, but not only is there no space, but like the prices are just stupid high, right? So honestly, I think it would be better for the team if they want, and and we talked about this before, if they went to be the Berkeley team or they went to be Oakland, right? Especially Oakland. Oakland's actually a very decently sized city. And I, it, it's, you know, like I said, Brooklyn West, it is sort of hipster gentrifying. And I think that the people there would want to support a Oakland NASL team. I think it would work better than a San, Fran, San Francisco uh, NASL team. That being said, yeah, it, it totally is a tire fire. I, I can see them being in Kizar Stadium, um, which is where SF City FC play, which is like actually sort of downtown, but not really. Um, but it's access to, accessible to public transportation. I just... 
it seems like the NASL just really is, is, hey, we're going to go ahead and expand to the West Coast and just with whatever sort of even close to good bid we're going, we're going to take. I mean, what... I think part of it is is the money thing, and yeah, it, I I can't speak obviously to the finances of NASL. I can't speak to the finances of the ownership groups of any of these teams. But if you're NASL and you're trying to grow and grow your brand, shouldn't you be looking instead of looking to bring in a brand new team? Maybe see what you can do for San Francisco City FC. Maybe see if you can get someone to help finance Chattanooga. Maybe see if you can get someone to help out in Detroit. It's, you know, there's sort of our Tulsa. Tulsa is another one. Maybe Des Moines. I know Des Moines is not a sexy city, but they've got good support there. So maybe build that way instead of just saying, well, now we're going to have a team in San Francisco and now we're going to have a team in Orange County and now we're going to get a team in Oklahoma, even though we don't know if any of those teams are going to be supported. It sort of goes back to that point that we were talking about before, which is, you know, try something out at these lower regional leagues or in a PDL or in the NPSL see how that works and then build up that way. And if you're a professional league, like NASL is supposed to be, go about it that way. It seems like a smarter decision than just sort of throwing a team and hoping you would it, throw it against the wall and seeing what sticks. It's just that they want to be in the, the big markets and you know, like, like they should, but what I don't think they realize is like, yeah, the, you know, if you look at uh, the better, better supported um, NASL teams where you have, uh, Minnesota United, who, well, they're just a well-run franchise, right? And that's a decently sized market, but you have what well, Ottawa is pretty well supported, right? Um, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, like these aren't like the big, you know, sexy cities, like the San Francisco's, like the, um, the Orange Counties. I mean, what, what they should be doing, like you said, is, you know, to get like an El Paso, Texas or something like that, you know, a city that doesn't have a team, but it's very well, you know, decent size and you know, you're going to get good, good support out of it. it they should be doing that. And also, also, I actually like what they did with Miami sort of targeting the weakness of the, the Beckham experiment. If they, if they want to directly compete with MLS, which they are not doing right now. And if you think that NASL is competing with MLS right now, then you're a delusional person. Um, they need to be doing, they need to be doing stuff like that, going to downtown Miami. They need to be doing stuff like the uh, rumored move to Chicago. I, I would honestly go as far to say is what, what if in, and, and maybe you would be able to shed some light on the subject. What if an NASL team went and played in downtown Boston? What would that do? I, you know what? I don't know if it would do anything because I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I'm interested with, and again, this goes back to NPSL and their expansion. You know, there's going to be an NPSL team in downtown Boston now. Oh, I'm not cool. sure. Yeah, uh, Boston City FC. Again, terrible name, not great logo, but they claim they're going to be in downtown Boston. More likely than not, they're going to be way out in Quincy or something. But um, I, I don't know. And I don't know where they would play. And I don't know if it would hit the market. I'm not sure that anyone that doesn't go to Rev's game is suddenly going to go, well, you know what, now I'm going to go support this second division team. And, you know, when we get to talking about Portland, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that idea of major league, minor league, because I'm not sure it makes a difference at the end of the day. Um, I want NASL to do well. I, I like some of the things that NASL is trying to do. Yeah, but truth be told, the the way in which they're expanding as you've got a team in Atlanta dying, is it doesn't seem worthwhile. It seems just like a waste. Yeah, I mean, until proven otherwise, I think that we could just safely say that the NASL is in the full Tyson zone. And it, you know what? 
it's it's fun to watch. I enjoy it. I I uh, I, I I cannot say that the NASL is my favorite train wreck. I just I can't look. I can't. But I, can't I take think, my eyes off of it. But to be fair, I, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say it's completely a train wreck because I think that I mean what's go. I don't understand what's going on with San Antonio right now. Are they completely done now? I think from a, they're just waiting for legal standpoints uh, before they get announced as a USL team. They're literally going from NASL to USL. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, Ottawa's fine. Cosmos yeah. are not what they want to be, but they're doing well. Uh, Jacksonville is fine. Indiana is spectacular. It's sort of again, it goes down to this sort of second tier market size. Those teams do very yeah. well in NASL. It's just. I think, and I believe it was you who brought this up, and if it wasn't, I apologize to whoever we're stealing this from. But prior to the Cosmos, NASL was like, we're, we're second division, we're amateur, we're not amateur, we're second division, we're proud to be second division, we're really good. And the Cosmos came in and they were like, we are competing with MLS, we're better than MLS. Well, you know, and this is the last point before we go on to another talk, because I don't want to bash NASL more than we already have. When your flagship franchise in your league is playing a semifinal game in a minor league baseball stadium that has field turf, you are not a professional league. And that's what the Cosmos did. They went to Coney Island to play in a terrible uh, baseball park and no one came to the game. And that just, that just sums it up. You know, you can, you can think the Cosmos over oh, this big team, but they're, they're not, they're really not. I mean, the, the Cosmos, are an NASL team, and NASL is not a not a major league. There, that's well, and you know, <laughs> we're gonna segue to some. We're gonna not segue. We're just gonna say the next thing. We're gonna talk about MLS now, right? So <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe, you should, maybe maybe you should introduce this yeah, so uh, this next topic. I'm just gonna because... sort of go along with it like this. I was over at uh, MLSSoccerSoccer.com. Sorry, MajorLeagueSoccerSoccer.com today. <laughs> right, looking right, at right. Uh, looking at them announcing the Euros and how such and such players will be playing for in the group of death in next year's Euros. And the names that they listed were Pirlo and Giovinco. Obviously, both of them are going to be playing for Italy. Um, I don't think either of them are going to be playing for Italy in the Euros. And I, I think it's kind of disingenuous of MLS to try to sell it as if they are. It, I don't know, because they're both getting calls up regularly. I mean, like, neither of them, certainly, I... I don't think our you, look if 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 Andrea Pirlo is starting for your team in 2016, you're not going to win the tournament. I'll tell you that. But Giovinco, literally, I mean, he he's going to be playing for them. I do think. I mean, he he came off the bench um, in their last qualifier, and I believe had a hand in multiple goals. I mean, he. I don't think Giovinco is going to start, but I do think Giovinco is going to come off the bench if they need in the last 15 minutes if they need a goal. And by the way, they're. Saying that that's the group of death is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There are no groups of death at this at this Euro tournament. I, I don't all... think I've ever seen such an evenly drawn group. Like it just across the board, it's like every every group has one or two good teams. Every group has one or two average to mid teams. And every, yeah, every group has one or two Albania or one Albania. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm most excited. Who cares if they're going to play or if they're not? If they do play, that's great for MLS. It's a good advertisement that you know players currently playing in MLS can get called up to a you know arguably the second most prestigious soccer international soccer tournament in the world but what i'm most looking forward to next summer is how um, england's going to find a way to fail to get out of the group stage that's that's my favorite favorite uh, 
uh, trope of the Euros bi- biannually tradition is is England because the US England team you can convince yourself that they're going to be good but we all know it's England everyone and we all know that we're going to get some unintentional comedy of some sort yeah all right so moving on and this one was sent in to us by someone um but since we're bad at podcasting we don't know who it was uh <clears throat> Jordan Morris uh the the current golden child just scored in the college cup maybe they won the college cup i can't find a score because no one cares about the college cup uh but at the end of the day jordan morris is sort of the current the current next big thing in american soccer i guess even though he's like 37 but um if he were to end up someplace other than mls if he were to go to scandinavia per se or maybe find a way to get over to england or germany more likely than not that would be just a terrible, terrible, terrible situation for MLS. Um, and because I decided to just do some research, this is from 10 second attention sp- at, uh, at walk right by, at walk underscore right underscore by. So thank you for sending that in. Um, I don't really think it really matters. Is uh, Jordan Morris even a starter if he comes to MLS? I mean, where, where's he get, I guess, can he play midfield? Can he play outside midfield? Can he, I mean, there's no way he's not breaking into the, Dempsey Obafemi Martin's partnership. He's not. He's not going to start over either of them. Uh, I mean, because if he's going to MLS, he's going to Seattle. So I mean, yeah, MLS really wants him to come, but is he, he's going to be? Yeah, in the he's well, gonna, if, if if he comes to MLS, he's going to be one of the favorites for the USL MVP. <laughs> but I, you know, I. All right, I I know that, and this was when we did our last podcast, which is probably back in August. I don't remember when we did the last one, but it was, it, was a long, it was a long time ago. And I remember reading stuff around that time about how MLS was more or less, you know, to the extent that MLS does it, breaking the bank to try to get Jordan Morris to uh, come to Seattle. Were they paying and it didn't happen. $100,000. You know, well, you know, you can get decent money as a generation Adidas player. Yeah, yeah, true. So I, I'm curious, you know, if he were to choose to go to and I, I'm, I'm going to go back to Scandinavia because I think that's the easiest one to get into. So I'm one of these Scandinavian leagues where he'd probably be making similar, if not a little bit less money than MLS. I don't think that looks good on MLS or to MLS if people are like the, the current golden boy of the U.S. national team. And I'm not even sure that that title barely fits him, <laughs> you know, is going to not play in the U.S. domestic league. I don't think I, that's – I think MLS – Don Garber is probably having nightmares about that. I don't know. I mean, it's if if you want to talk homegrown stuff, bullshit stuff like that. It, I, I Jordan Morris, it doesn't matter because you know the this, the the thing is is that the league is not yet at the point where it would command you know an automatic signing like that, right? It, you know, maybe and maybe if you're FC Dallas, you do right if you have those sorts of players, but you the league is not at the point where and maybe that's why they had this increase in TAM or whatever. And maybe we'll talk about that. I forget. But, you know, MLS needs to better itself and be at the point where Jordan Morris really literally can't refuse to start playing. But I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's really a big deal if he doesn't play. It's not like he's, you know, a star right now. And it's not like, it's not like he's going to sell tickets. It, you know, you're not going to buy a ticket to go see Jordan Morris play on the road, right? You, that's just not going to happen. Right? Not until he becomes the new Landon Donovan. <laughs> or maybe no, yeah. Freddie do. When, he, when Landon Donovan was three years younger than him, he scored two goals in the World Cup. So, and Fred, Freddie Adu, oh man. 
Some, someone from uh, someone from uh, Venezuela. I was at a gathering last night, and someone from Venezuela asked me about Freddie Adu. He's like, "What happened to Freddie Adu?" And I was like, "Have you heard of the Tampa Bay Rowdies?" And <laughs> I was like, "No." Anyway, all right, yeah. So God, let's. God went off point. Yeah, that 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 yeah, we, we never do that. Uh, <laughs> but sort of sticking with sticking with that theme, and so sort of going along with this idea of you know, is Jordan Morris or is he not that that golden boy or that you know, he's definitely the next big thing, even though he's older than some of the current big things. But well, you know, we until, don't really have any big things. Let's be honest. Until uh, until Clinton ruins him, you know. Like oh, boo! All right, so. Continuing on, you, you talked about the, the TAM money for a minute. First off, I don't get yeah. TAM money. I don't understand what it is. I don't particularly care what it is. Um, but I, I know you, like I, are probably on the MLS mailing list, and I got a <laughs> ton of emails over the last couple of days about how MLS is adding 37 million to player compensation. Um, and I'm actually going to read what I have written down for our number eight. It says, MLS adding $37 million to player compensation is something. <laughs> I think it's a way of um, allowing teams to spend more money if they want to without like increasing the salaries of, and this is sad, but like, you know, without increasing the salaries of a, uh, I'm trying to think about who's like an average journeyman player in the, in the league. I don't know. Um, uh, I would say Wells Thompson, but he's not in the league anymore. And I, the guy's the worst soccer player ever, but um, it, it's about, letting teams if they want spend more money to increase the quality of their squads by still letting the Colorado Rapids pay their players on a salary floor right it's not still allowing teams like Colorado Rapids who want to be super cheap not actually pay their players that much money that's what it is I mean, that's if, if you want to you can be the Red Bulls and you could go out and you could sign Sasha question with this rule if you want to you can you don't have to you know, spend more than the salary cap floor. That's that's the simple. That that's what it is. It's just a, a way for teams to more flexibly use their money without actually uh, making some teams increase their wages. It's a way to let Colorado continue paying people in uh, Walmart and McDonald's gift certificates. <laughs> Colorado is. I who did, would I, you rather? What, what team would you rather be right now? The Colorado Rapids or the Chicago Fire? Just uh, Colorado Rapids. Why? But, Okay. A Colorado Rapids. Um, but because but Pablo Maestrani has a dope mustache. But it, okay. But at least, at least the 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 Fire seem like they have a competent coach, and they have the number one draft pick, and they have Harry Ship. So that's something, oh. right? It's also it's also going to depend on uh, where Jason Christ ends up next year. Where is Jason? Why, why are we not talking about that? I don't know. I think that's it happened so long ago that we just decided not to talk right. about it. Yeah. Whatever, Jason. But, uh, no, the, New York City the, FC, you're dumb. Yeah, continue. But yeah, the thirty-seven million for player compensation thing. I just, I love how any arbitrary. It feels funny calling thirty-seven million arbitrary and meaningless, but it really is. I think it's eight hundred thousand in TAM money. I don't get TAM money. Then it's uh, maybe one hundred twenty-five thousand in homegrown player money. I don't get how that works. Um, well, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to. You're not. Maybe you get one more decent player if you're the LA Galaxy or you're the New York Red Bills and maybe you get one more overpaid guy who's not going to do anything if you're New York City FC. Carlos Vela? Carlos Vela? Sorry, good. Um, but I, I don't I just and I say this every time and I'm a broken record if you listen to pretty much any of these that we've ever done over the history of our, our you know 22 years of doing this it, it, the money doesn't make a difference until it's spread out evenly. 
you want to you want to you want to do at 37 million cool that's about 1.5 million per team raise the salary cap to i guess that would make it maybe 4.5 million and say that the money has to be split more evenly instead but, of just having it on the front no but it does make a difference because because you know if you're a fan right you teams are getting to sign you know one more impact player right so if you're a fan you're going to come out and see you're going to go watch Giovanni Dos Santos play right you're going to that's going to happen right but you, if you're a fan you don't give a crap that a defender is now making $150,000 a year instead of $125,000 a year cuz you didn't come out to watch a defender anyway you came out to watch Giovanni Dos Santos like that that's why you're there dribble I mean, around the defender yeah right the, cut into his left foot um yeah, I mean that that's that's simple. It's this it, it it will make a difference in, in getting, you know, more quality in the league. I do believe that. I really do think it's just an excuse though in, instead of raising the salary cap for teams like the Colorado Rapids to not spend money. It, it it that's 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 my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, all right. So um we we're definitely going to talk about Jason Christ even though it wasn't on here. So since we okay, brought him right. up, let's just discuss that now as uh, topic 8.5. Uh what the hell New York City FC? Well, I'm just really excited. I'm more excited more than anything. Like, you know, now that Toronto FC are like a sort of competent um, franchise, a great move by them picking up Stephen Betashore, um recently. But now that they're, they're sort of back together, yeah. Now that they're a sort of competent franchise, I need a I need a team to watch. You know, fail like that's what I did for, with TFC for seven years. I watched them every week do something hilarious. They were my favorite reality TV show. I think my new favorite reality TV shows shows New York City FC. They literally hired a coach with no experience and no knowledge. In I mean, well, not I mean, always I, works out well. Wait, wait, it's just you look you look back at the precedent, and you know what? Maybe Patrick Vieira would be a good coach. Maybe 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 Patrick Vieira understands Tam, right? Uh, we don't we, we don't we, we don't know this, but it, it's just the the track record is not great. I mean, you look at Rude Hollett, you look at. Uh, I love how Rude Hollett is always the always the example. Why can't he be Gary Smith? Gary Smith, because I don't know. That, that's a good point. Because because Rude Hollett said funny things, and Gary Smith didn't. Gary Smith won a championship, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's a good point. But it's New York City FC, and and. Uh, I think you honestly. I think I can legitimately say that New York City FC and uh, and LA FC right now, even though they don't exist, are probably my two. Fa- I will click on any link that someone puts and says, "Hey, did you see this crazy, right. stupid thing that one of these teams did this time?" I'm gonna I'm gonna do something for you right now. You know how sometimes you take uh, two things that don't go together, like a peanut butter and banana sandwich, whereas okay. two things that, that don't sometimes go together. What 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 are you gonna yeah. do if um as as is rumored, Jason Christ ends up in Toronto FC? Dude, they're gonna be. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I mean, I'll, that, I'll watch. Is that, them, but, but, not, but is that is that proof that Toronto knows what they're doing, or is it proof that Toronto is not willing to to sit and wait one more year for it finally to fully click? I don't know. I mean, it's because you know, is it, the question is 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 a uh, uh, Vanny a bad coach or is he a good coach? Who knows? I mean, really, the issue is that they didn't have anyone who could you know defend a soccer yeah. ball, um, but. You know, I mean, you'd honestly rather spend the money that you're spending on Josie on like two defenders. Like it's just that. That's I, well, I, I don't know. Just <laughs> end of the day, New York City FC was not patient, but I don't think any of us expected them to be patient. And uh, oddly enough, you know, we we say we want MLS coaches' feet held to the fire, and the first person that it happens to is Jason Christ. And we're all like, "What just happened here? That is well, not the guy whose feet you hold to the fire." 
it just shows a lack of over it's not hard it's like it's like okay it's like one of the republic leadership people told uh, management people told me once you know it's he said it's not like we're inventing the fucking ipod right it's true it's not it's really simple you look at every single successful organization not only in mls but in any any league in, in the world anywhere and really the, the key to success is finding the right people and building stability right toronto fc sucked for the better part of a decade they also had like 10 coaches in that in that that space of time right if you look at someone like the Pittsburgh Steelers who are arguably the greatest franchise in the history of the NFL. And they've had like three coaches in the Super Bowl era. It's really simple stability. You hire the right people. Jason Christ was the right person. Then you find stability. It's, it's, it's MLS with this, which roster rules are so complex. It's not like you're, you know, you're running the actual Manchester city team where you could just fire a coach and it doesn't matter. Right. Because then you can still spend $200 billion on your players or whatever you're going to spend. But no, you, you get three guys who you can spend money on. And if they don't work out, then, then you're, you're at screwed right? until they're gone. Exactly. It, 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 that, that's what it is. It, it's, it's really simple. So you find the right coach, the right coach was chasing Christ. I, I will, there's no evidence that suggests it wasn't. I mean, he literally was given like the weirdest roster with pieces that didn't fit together. There were signings obviously made just, you know, to put butts in seats. So it's just, for New York City FC is to actually win a championship. That's yeah. not their goal. Their goal is not necessarily to be successful on the on the field. That that that's secondary, if anything. Their goal is to develop young young talent for the Manchester City first team. We'll see if that ever happens. And their other goal is to sell out their stadium. And you sell out their stadium, even even if you have a a crap team. If someone says, "Hey, Frank Lampard, I'll go watch that," yeah, right? I, I mean, that's their All goal. Right, so, their their yeah, goal isn't to win games. Let's move on so we're not talking about NYCFC because they make me sick. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you, you brought up – and I switched around one of the tops because you brought up Sacramento Republic. So yeah. MLS uh, announced at the – whatever, the Board of Governors meeting that they are going to now expand to 28 teams. So we're at 20 now. They're going to want to get up to 28 teams. Obviously, we're at 24 after this next round of expansion ends when LAFC, Atlanta, I guess Miami, maybe, maybe not. And I'm forgetting someone. Who am I missing here? Minnesota. Oh, in Minnesota. Thank you. In Minnesota, join. So there's four more spots open. One of those is clearly Sacramento. Um, if it's not Sacramento, that's criminal. I'm feeling very strong that a second one's going to be San Antonio. Who are our yeah, missing two teams? I think. Well, okay, and we talked about this before, uh, off air, but I think one of those teams, MLS, is going to bend over backwards. I think in the same way that they are with Miami, I honestly think to try and acquire a St. Louis franchise, right? Not only does that, that, that city mean a lot to the, um, you know, the, or what we like to say, it means a ton to the, to the history of soccer. But if you look at recent events, you know, they sold out the um, a world cup qualifier at Bush stadium, that, that place was packed. They sold it out for, uh, I, I can't even remember the team, the name of the name of the team. It oh, was, God, Saint, what was it? It was, I mean, it was some island nation who... Was it the Grenadines? I don't remember. Yeah, same thing. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Look, they, they sold out that. I mean, there's clearly soccer support. There's a huge, huge community. By the way, I would love to see St. Louis uh, sign like a big Bosnian star or something like that. They would, the place would go crazy. But I think that, honestly, St. Louis is where MLS wants to be. Yeah, every, um, every map that you've ever seen, like, you know, people see the maps in the background yeah. behind Don Garber's head with the MLS question marks behind it. And St. Louis is always on the top of that list. But here's my, my honest opinion about St. Louis. Um, 
I believe it could work. And you're, you're sort of laying out the groundwork for how it could work. But I yeah. don't think it works without Stan Kroenke. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous coming that he owns Colorado right now. But I think unless he sells that Colorado team, because he's going to get a new NFL stadium. He absolutely is going to get a new NFL stadium out of, out of uh, St. Louis. And fact of the matter is, new NFL stadiums always come with an MLS team. So unless he sells the Rapids or they allow him to have a second team, then there's not going to be an MLS Look, team in St. Louis. The thing you're overlooking is that Stan Kroenke doesn't want a new St. Louis stadium. Stan Kroenke wants to move the team to Carson, yeah, California. To, to, to LA, right, but I believe, and, and I'm not an NFL reporter, but I believe that there are two proposals for an LA NFL stadium, right? Which is interesting because this will segue into the next team, right? There are two proposals for an LA NFL stadium. One's in like Burbank or something like that, and one's in uh, uh, Carson, and one, it involves different teams moving around. I believe that Stan Kroenke's um, proposal is the one that's not as not favored. I believe the other one is favored, and I could be wrong. This is just from reading um, Monday Morning Quarterback by Peter King. I don't even watch. I haven't watched a minute of NFL football this this year because um, who cares? But it's interesting because the other moving parts of this, from what I've heard, are that MLS wants to be in San Diego. But the only way that MLS is going to be in San Diego is if San Diego moves to. Um, the Chargers, if they move to LA, because what would happen then is that, uh, uh, from what I'm hearing, is just is that is that San Diego would build a new like 40,000 seat stadium or whatever for uh, one of their college football teams or something like that, and that's where the MLS team would be housed. Right? I don't think this is a good idea, but I know MLS does want to be in San Diego, and there's a reason why. Whenever you talk to people about expansion, they always bring up San Diego, even though there's no team, no prospective ownership group. And really, not even a good idea, in my opinion, right? So if, if that works out, I think that San Diego will happen. And we'll have to see if MLS would want five teams in California. Again, I don't think this is a good idea, given that, you know, everyone's just going to go to the Cholos game anyway. But I think San Diego is a possibility. But I, I honestly think the last team has to be, at this point, um, in the 11 if they get if, if they get their stuff together. If they get, I don't know if, they have, if they're MLS rich or you know, whatever. And this is that what it comes down to for me is there's not there's not a clear cut team after San yeah. Antonio, right? It's Sacramento with San Antonio, that's, you know, maybe Oklahoma City Energy, <laughs> maybe, maybe Rayo OKC, Yeah, but there's there's no there's no other clear cut team. I mean, I in theory, I, I love the idea of bringing the Tampa Bay Rowdies into MLS, but I don't think that's realistic. I don't think I. You know, they pull a decent crowd. They don't pull a huge crowd. Uh, there's a built-in rivalry from Orlando. It's the closest thing outside yeah. of Seattle, Portland, that there is to, in American soccer. But I don't think that's realistic. There's no other really 27-28. So then is it just going to come down to, as you said, just saying, well, we want a team in St. Louis. Let's put one there. And we want a team in San Diego. So let's put one there. Well, but, but not, I don't think but not a smart choice. Right, but but not having that literally. If you look at what happened in Sacramento, Sacramento was like, "Oh, we need to be this team, right?" Because um, we we need to be the team. So, but MLS doesn't necessarily need to be in Sacramento, right? So Sacramento, what they did was like, "Okay, we're going to show you, right? We're going to do amazing things on and off the field. We're going to get a, a beautiful stadium design downtown. It's going to be perfect." Like literally, what they're doing is, yeah, the, there's no smart choice, but some team is going to put together a bid like Sacramento and you know maybe it's not a city that MLS would necessarily think hey I want to be in here but it's going to come into the league as literally 
a perfect market in terms of already built an infrastructure because that's, that's good. That's, that's what that's what I want them to do instead of just saying we want St. Louis and San Diego is maybe yeah. a year or two until I don't I can't even think I can't even think of a small size market off the top of my head that Nashville wait till oh look I look at what's happening in Nashville that's just a random city that I pulled off the top of my head let's let's go there because this new Nashville USL team is doing incredible things or whatever that market happens to be and as you said it doesn't have to be a market you think about it. and that goes back to what we were talking about with NASL which is you want to be in the big market, but does the big market want or need you? And in some cases, it doesn't. Well, and that's why I think they didn't put a timetable on it this time. I think when they put the timetable and said 24 teams by 2020, I think they already knew which four teams they were targeting and which four teams they were going to get, right? I don't think they know this time other than Sacramento and probably San Antonio from, you know, everything that I'm hearing. But So uh, speak, speaking of small markets, let's, let's, we're going we're gonna to finish off with a small and a big market. Let's look at uh, – our, our current MLS Cup champions. Yeah, we got all the way to the end of the podcast before we started talking about MLS Cup. Uh, Portland Timbers won MLS Cup first in the year. Did it before Seattle. Did it before Vancouver. Good for them. Uh, Portland winning MLS Cup. Tiny market, but great for MLS. It, 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 uh, I mean, honestly, I think MLS would rather see, like, Seattle Sounders win, oh, win MLS Cup because that's – arguably the, the biggest club in the league and you know the the ratings on t- tv weren't good but hey you know here's a secret mls maybe don't schedule it at the same time as nfl um but i think it is good for the league because you saw what happened in the celebrations uh downtown it was amazing i mean one of the portland if, if you haven't seen this video you gotta go look it up one of the portland assistant coaches um singing don't stop believing to the uh the timbers army it's 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 it, he can't sing it a bit you know it's like if you go to karaoke bar and you heard me sing, right? It's terrible. Um, but the, the celebration, you know, that's a city probably out of any city in the entire country. That's a city that wanted to win MLS cup probably the most. Right. And, and it happened in, you know, it was the first trophy in uh, for the, the club in its, in its history at, at any level. It was an amazing story. L- literally there already is a book about about it that's coming out in like January or February. I, you can pre-order it. It's through the Oregonian. I mean, this is a city that cared. People, you know, if, if they don't win a championship for the next 20 years, people are still going to talk about it, right? It's, it's you know, um, it's funny. I just finished the great uh, book, The Breaks of the Game by David Halberstam, which chronicalizes um, a tra- Portland Trailblazers season. This is actually very similar to the uh, to MLS right now because that was uh, they won in 77 78 I believe and that's when the NBA was struggling to find a national put footprint they didn't have a ton of TV uh uh contracts they weren't getting good ratings right that that city still talks about Portland still talks about their one championship that they won that is still talked about that's it, it's it's huge in that city and in having success stories like like Portland winning the league is good is is good for the league you know it's it's what you don't want is what happened in 2010 when um uh, Colorado Colorado Rapids beat FC Dallas in a game that no one was at well it's to me it's like the reason why it's good for the league is LA's won how many I doubt they've ever had like a huge parade for LA even with Beckham and Donovan there uh you know we were talking last year uh among the Rebs supporters which is do they get do they get a death boat parade in Boston which is sort of the the big thing that happens to every single professional sports team in Boston, they win as professional championship and they get a duck boat parade. And it was sort of, will the Revs get one? Um, I, I still honestly believe that they absolutely should not have gotten one. I don't think they would have gotten one. And even if you look back to 
what's happening in Portland right now, or not right now, but right after it happened, where you have these sort of professional radio hosts coming in and saying, you know, why are we having a ticker tape parade for the Portland Timbers? This is the minor league team. It's sort of, you know, it's that, it's that same argument that you get everywhere it is, no matter where it is. It's always, this is minor league. This is not big deal. Why are we doing this? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> in, 20, in 20 years, in 20 years. Hey, I got a baby screaming in my ear. Hold on. Say hello. Say hello, child of Abram. Already, already the uh, the uh, the best Chamberlain to ever be on the podcast. Um, um, wow, I've never done that. Usually, uh, when I mute it, then then Abram can do some pretty good filler, but uh, not 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 the other way around. I don't know. There's not too much to say left about uh, Portland. We'll quickly just go to the last one. So, um, BC United uh, got a new logo. Uh, it's interesting because I remember reading. Uh, the other day or seeing, you know, you looked at the MLS original logos and in names in DC United uh, is pretty much the only group that got it right. And they, <laughs> it's funny because I think, I think it was Brian Strauss who wrote, you know, if, if every team that started in MLS, uh, if every team started in MLS could do it over again, could choose their name and logo over again, DC United is the only one who would probably do the same thing. And it's funny because they had a good logo. Their logo was good. This was a team that did not need to rebrand. And instead they rebranded and now their logo looks like a giant piece of shit. Like it's, it's just a terrible logo. God. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I was looking back at, uh, and this is actually, it's their second rebrand. The yeah, first yeah. one was yeah. is very, is very minimalistic change originally. But I don't understand what they were going for. It seems like not just, you know, it's not a step forward. It's just a change for the sake of change. And it's not a good change. And I've had people say, well, the old logo had a soccer ball on it, and this one doesn't. So that's a step forward. Yeah. But this one's got an Eagle whose wings are flying past the uh, edge of the crest and then a floating DC United over it. it our, truth of the matter is we're always going to, no matter what happens, the new England revolution could rebrand tomorrow, put out the greatest crest in the history of soccer where, Everyone around the world was like, oh, my God, that's the most amazing soccer crest I've ever seen in my life. And we'll still make fun of it. But <laughs> the D.C. United one, just it, the, the rebrand didn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Or not rebrand, but the redone logo doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't look any better. It, it like you said, looks worse, actually. The, 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 there's a logo I'm looking at right now on your wall. The uh, golf course, golf coast Armada logo is better than the new D.C. United logo. And literally, that's a... a there's there's no team with that that's just what basically you in like a photoshop like maybe even microsoft paint and you did a better job at dc united remember when dc united was you know like the flagship club of mls remember that that no that was never never a thing never happened no, no i mean as far dc united hasn't won a, a an mls cup in 11 years but they won and a that, supporter shield a couple of years ago they won a couple supporter shield they won an open cup yeah but i mean <laughs> DC United was a juggernaut and then they lost all the momentum. I, I, DC United is not going to be like a real professional soccer team again until they get move into their new stadium. And when, when is, I was thinking about that the other day. I figured yeah. I, I would have thought that they would have, if they were going to rebrand or, and I keep saying rebrand, but that's the wrong word. If they were going to redo their logo, I would have thought they would have waited at least until that new stadium was done. 
Yeah. I, I don't I, think, I can't imagine minimally it's going to be before 2020. I, I, I don't remember the date. I know that's supposed to be, it's, apparently it's a good location. It's a good number. It'll probably, you know, sell out every time. Um, but I just, I don't know why they did this. Yeah, it just doesn't it, make sense. An awful logo. I mean, I could probably go down the list. I could go down the list of our NPSL expansion teams that we're listening <laughs> at the beginning and this, probably mix and match who's got a better logo than with the new DCU logo. This is the equivalent. This is the MLS equivalent of uh, putting a capital Z as the last letter in your in your team name. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, so I think we're about to wrap up. We're down to one viewer, which means you know. We had, we had more than one viewer. We had more oh, we than had, one viewer. We, we always get up to, you know, somewhere around 20 in the middle of it, but then my turn really? comes in and starts screaming and we drop immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 20 people? Wow. 20, 20 was our was our maximum. I think it was actually more like 17 and I'm rounding up, but whatever. Uh, Dang. Anyway, so uh, on that, I, let's see. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, what are we, what's the word? I'm going to, what's, what do we always say? Plugs. I'm plug. going to plug all of Evan's stuff. Evan is going to be writing a book. <laughs> It's going to be coming out. Uh, he's going to be basically the new Grant Wall, or at least the Grant Wall of the Bay Area based on Twice the Cosmo. Uh, I am doing nothing. <laughs> but I have kids and Evan doesn't. Suck it, Evan. Well, no, that's, I don't want kids <laughs> right now. That's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm young, Abram. I'm like, I'm not, four, how are you, 45? Just about, just about. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know. The book will be out sometime next year. Check out check out Byline Press though. At Byline Press, they do good work. Uh, There's some good good guys over there, and I don't think I have anything else to plug other other than that. Yeah. So this has been episode something or other of the First Eleven Podcast, um, your favorite biannual podcast. <laughs> uh, go ahead and follow him on Twitter. He's at Evan Reem. I'm at Mind of Abram. Podcast is at First Eleven. Maybe we'll actually update it once in a while since we uh, yeah. did the podcast this week. Um, I guess there's a network podcast or a network Twitter page up. I don't remember what it is. But, the, yeah. ask, the Ask. Uh, yeah, the At the AASP. We're sort of on Facebook and Twitter. Go ahead and give us a rating or review on something or other. Uh, you don't really have to because at the end of the day you're going to give us that rating and then we'll never do another show and you'll be like, what the hell? Anyway, this has been episode something or other of the First Eleven podcast, and we're sorry.